All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome into episode number one of the Pro Football Chase podcast right here on Call In. I'm excited to be joining you this uh, Wednesday afternoon. It's episode one. Hopefully we get some uh, live listeners coming in. Love to answer some questions. Here to uh, recap week number 10 and uh, preview week 11. I'm, I'm really excited about what's up ahead in the NFL. We're, we're beyond the midway point, which is a little bit crazy considering how fast this season has gone and um, been able to interview a lot of players and kind of get a gauge on how they're holding up, especially with that extra season, uh, the extra week, I might add, uh, added to the regular season. And then, of course, the playoffs come and go. And um, it's been quite the eventful season on all accords. And so today I wanted to go ahead and Recap week number 10, there's plenty to discuss there. And then, of course, I'll go ahead and give my week 11 predictions for what we have coming up this weekend. So let's go ahead and start with the week 10 upsets. I mean, I think there was a lot of different outcomes that we weren't all necessarily expecting, but it all started on Thursday night football. The Miami Dolphins are now three and seven upset. The Baltimore Ravens, who are now 6-3, and three, the final score of that one was 22-10. to 10. And get this, Miami has now won two games in a row. They're currently third in the AFC East, 13th in the AFC playoff picture. So definitely a team that could put together some more wins and perhaps find themselves in the wild card picture moving forward. But what was really interesting about that game was we know Jacoby Brissett started the game, too, had been dealing with that finger injury and so he started off as a backup he was active and so eventually he comes into the game he ends up leading the Dolphins to a victory which I think was uh showed a lot of grit about him and how how he is respected in the locker room and so to me I felt like Tua made a statement on Thursday night football of course the Dolphins defense was sensational as well Florida's defense showed a cover zero 40-plus times against Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. They had no answer for that. Now let's go ahead and look at another upset. The Washington football team, 3-6 and six over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now 6-3. and three. That game was 29-19. And you look at what Washington was able to do coming out of that bye week. You have Taylor Heineke, who is playing at a high level, and he's been up and down. The Washington football team trying to perhaps find some consistency at the position with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sideline with that hip injury. And then how about the Carolina over Arizona? Cam Newton welcomed himself back to the NFL, re-signing with the Carolina Panthers, where he was known as Super Cam, rejuvenating that team. And I know that Arizona was down some players. Obviously, Kyler Murray, the most important player on the team, still nursing that ankle sprain. And then, Chase Edmonds, who's on the IR, their starting running back, who I interviewed on the Pro Football Chase podcast earlier this season, and he's out. And then, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. But nonetheless, Carolina was very impressive in a route, 34-10. to Cam Newton, 3-for-4, 8 yards, 1 touchdown, 3 rushes, 14 yards, 1 touchdown. Talk about efficiency is what Cam Newton provided. And, of course, P.J. Walker doing a nice job as well, filling in there for Carolina engineering the offense and then Monday night football that was a lopsided affair between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams you know the Rams they've been swinging for the fences the last couple of player acquisitions first trading for 
Pro Bowl edge rusher Von Miller from the Denver Broncos, and then bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. once he cleared waivers. Things did not go very well for Sean McVay's side, losing that game uh, 31-10 to against the San Francisco 49ers team. That was 3-5 and entering Monday night football. And it was the second consecutive lopsided loss for the Rams as well. They were also embarrassed in prime time to the Tennessee Titans in week 9, 28-16. This is an offense that hasn't quite looked as effective as they should with all the talent that they have possessed in Los Angeles. So those were a couple of upsets, you know, that I, I really was a little bit surprised by. And it's been quite a bit of uh, head-scratching games because you're trying to figure out at this point in the season which teams are contenders, which teams are pretenders, which teams are, are focused on tanking for a top high draft pick, right? And so you've seen teams that have gotten blown out. Like, for instance, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I know they were without Big Ben. He was placed on the COVID-19 list on Saturday night. Big blow to that offense. Mason Rudolph comes in, and they tie the winless Detroit Lions, who were 0-8 entering week number 10. They were on their home turf at Heinz Field, and that just goes to show you that on any given day or evening, whenever there's a game being played in the NFL, any team can come out on top. It's just a matter of who is firing in all cylinders. And if you start slow, things can hinder you as you progress on. And so, again, week 10 is behind us. Now we're going to start week 11 with Thursday night football tomorrow night, which is a game I'm really looking forward to taking in because the Patriots, they are on a win streak. They're one of the hottest teams in football right now. Mac Jones continues to thrive in that New England offense. And then you take a look at that defense, guys like Matt Judon coming off the edge, providing efficient pressure for that New England front seven, who's getting reinforcements, by the way, with uh, Chase Winovich being uh, activated from IR. I know they placed their other rookie edge rusher, Josh Uche, on IR with an ankle injury. But nonetheless, it's still going to be an opportunity for the Patriots to extend that winning streak going up against an Atlanta football team that just got humiliated by the Dallas Cowboys in the Lone Star State. And then Ramondre Stevenson, another rookie running back. And I, I really feel like Bill Belichick and company have done a fantastic job in drafting this year, bringing in guys like Ramondre Stevenson to be an impact player you got Josh Uche, as I just mentioned. And then you're also looking at the depth that they've built up in that secondary, led by Kyle Dugar, who's a second-year uh, safety out of Lenore Ryan. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see that matchup. I think New England's going to come out on top. I think 30-20 is a scoreline that I'm really going with here, Mac Jones. And then, of course, on the outside, when you have weapons such as Jacoby Myers and then Hunter Henry, the big tight end that was signed over free agency he's gotten in the end zone quite a bit of time so he's a threat in the red zone Atlanta's defense looks a little shaky offensively they're dealing with some injuries Cordero Patterson suffered a um, ankle sprain he's going to be a game time decision we'll see what happens with that situation but let's go to Sunday slate right Indianapolis at Buffalo 1 p.m. kickoff Buffalo Again, they've been a team that's been up and down a little bit. You know, they're uber talented. 
You know that Josh Allen is a quarterback that can complete just about any pass over the middle, deep ball, long bomb, you name it. Then, of course, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss out of the backfield, Stephon Diggs, um, Gabriel Davis. You know they have the weapons there. And the question is with them, how serious of contenders are they? Because we know they had that loss to the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago, 9-6. to And so I look forward to seeing that team bounce back against the a very explosive Indianapolis rushing attack headlined by Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz looks good, but I still like Buffalo's chances to come away with the victory. They're going to be at their home field 26-20. This is also a rematch of the playoff matchup last year. I look forward to seeing how both of those teams respond to the rushing attack. Can Buffalo slow down Jonathan Taylor? And can that Colts front seven get after Josh Allen? I still like the Bills either way. And then we have the Washington football team, three and six, taking on Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, who are at 500 right now. They're five and five. Okay. And one thing to, to remember about Carolina is they did acquire Stephon Gilmore uh, before the trade deadline for basically a bag of chips. And then they have J.C. Horn as well, um, who's a, the first-round pick. He's currently on injured reserve. There's a chance that he could potentially return late in the season. And I really feel like Cam Newton's going to lead this team on a little bit of a run. And Carolina's a team that can be dangerous in the wild card. Of course, going up against Washington. So Ron Rivera is going to have an opportunity to coach and scheme up a defensive game plan against Cam Newton, a quarterback that, he was with for several years in Carolina, and so I think there's some intrigue in what that matchup can bring. You talk about storylines in the NFL. That certainly is one that I'm going to keep tabs on as the Week 11 slate of games gets underway starting tomorrow night. But I do believe Carolina will come out on top, even though Washington's riding high a little bit on that momentum. Carolina, they've proven themselves, especially with the healthy Christian McCaffrey, I think they can get the job done with a score of I have Carolina winning 27 to 20 over the Washington football team. And that's a game certainly that Carolina is going to want to win to stay in that playoff picture. Okay. Now we got the Baltimore Ravens and the Chicago bears, right? Baltimore six and three talked about them being on the wrong side of an upset to the Miami dolphins. You know that they're going to want to come out and they're going to want to play some clean football because what they showed us was that they were unable to really garner much offensive production when facing the blitz. And so, you know, Greg Roman had some heat coming his way. They have an opportunity to bounce back against the Chicago Bears, who do have quite a bit of talent on the defensive side of the ball. But with Justin Fields still trying to get comfortable with that offense, this is a prime opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens to get back in the win column. And I do believe they will do so 23, 20. I have them taking that one over the Chicago bears next on the docket, Detroit lions. Oh, eight and one with that tie right at the very end. We talked about that tie when they went up to Heinz field and it was quite, quite the atmosphere, a wild game. They showed the bonus coverage on Fox and, Seen both teams joust back and forth, turnovers. It was raining. And so now they're going to take the road to Cleveland 
to go visit the dog pound. Baker Mayfield, that guy has to be the most banged up quarterback in the NFL right now. He's dealing with that left shoulder injury. It's a labrum tear. And then now he's nursing a knee sprain that he suffered this past Sunday. And so you wonder what exactly can you get from Baker Mayfield? And this is where Nick Chubb, of course, he's on the COVID-19 reserve list. If he's able to be activated, they're going to ride him along with the Ernest Johnson, the unsung hero, the young back who has really turned it on this season when given the opportunity and that offensive line, again, the DNA of what Cleveland wants to do offensively is run the ball, pound it against the opposing defenses, and they're in luck going up against the Detroit Lions defense. That's a little bit depleted. They're young, and so I fully anticipate Cleveland getting back in the win column. Even though Baker Mayfield, I don't necessarily think he's going to have to do much through the air, this is a game where Nick Chubb, Dernish Johnson, of course, Kareem Hunt is still on IR. Head coach Kevin Stefanski told reporters today that he's getting closer. He's not going to play in week 11. So that's a player that the Browns desperately would love to have back because when Hunt and Chubb are one and two, it's very difficult for opposing defenses to contain. 27-17, I have the Cleveland Browns taking the Detroit Lions. Now, how about another... 1 p.m. Eastern time game, San Francisco and the Jacksonville Jaguars. San Francisco, four and five. Another team I talked about that came away with an upset victory over a divisional foe, the Los Angeles Rams. And what a better opponent to play than the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want to develop a little bit of momentum, get ahead of steam your way. This is an opportunity for Kyle Shanahan's team to really Number one, get to 500. And number two, solidify themselves as a valid wild card playoff team in that NFC picture. The Jaguars, two and seven. Really not much going for them at this point. Lawrence is still trying to get acclimated to the NFL. Urban Meyer, we're not too sure about what he's going to do, how he's going to handle this first year in the NFL that seems like his taking a toll a little bit on him. They'll be at home, but San Francisco, I like them to continue rolling with Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle's now fully healthy. They're getting some defensive help from injured reserve as well. Trey Greenlaw and Jaquaski Tart just uh, returned to practice, so they could be available on Sunday. I like the Niners to take that one, 26 to 13 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now here's a big one. It's the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. That's a matchup that is going to be highly anticipated for both teams because right now Minnesota, four and five, in the same position as San Francisco. They need a, a, to really a win over their divisional opponent. They'll be on their home turf. You know that Aaron Rodgers has had his way against the Minnesota Vikings the last couple of years. This is the game that they need to show up and put forth a dominant performance. Dalvin Cook needs to come up and be the best version of himself. Kirk Cousins needs to utilize his mismatches on the outside with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin, the tight end, starting to come into his own a couple of touchdowns the last several weeks of play. And the offensive line is going to have their hands full, right? Going up against that Green Bay defensive front headlined by Rayshon Gary, who's going to try to play through an elbow injury. Kenny Clark coming up from the middle. And then 
excellent production from the linebacking core that they have led by Devondre Campbell. So I am going to pick the Minnesota Vikings right here. I think that they can come away with a victory at home. Potentially a big upset, right? 34-31. I'll take the Minnesota Vikings to win that game over the Green Bay Packers as Minnesota looks to get back to 500. Now, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. This is not a very exciting matchup on paper, right? 3-7 and seven, Miami coming off a victory. The Jets also 2-7. and seven. Uh, News reported today that the Jets are going to go ahead and start the veteran Joe Flacco over Mike White. We know that their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, he's still dealing with a PCL injury. And so he's not ready to return. And so they're going to go to Joe Flacco against that Miami defense that loves to generate pressure. They feel like he can handle that situation better than what Mike White would be able to accomplish. That's questionable, obviously. Jets fans aren't too pleased. They wanted to see Mike White, the young guy, get those snaps as opposed to going with Broadway Joe, Joe Flacco. But uh, I do like Miami's chances to get that victory over the uh, New York Jets. This is a game where the defense can take over, although that Jets defense has been pretty stingy. Look for some heavy workload for Miles Gaskin on the ground a game where Miami can control the time of possession, use that defense to put them in uh, good positions to win. And so I, I indeed like the Miami Dolphins to come out on top in that one. Next matchup we have here is the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles. New Orleans 5-4 and four at Philadelphia, 4-6. and six. Kickoffs at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Miles Sanders, um, he could be returning to the lineup. He returned to practice today, designated to return. Of course, Jordan Howard's done a nice job, as has Boston Scott. I do like the Philadelphia Eagles here in this game, but I'm going to go with the Saints just because I know Sean Payton is going to formulate a game plan that's going to put his team in the best possible situation to succeed. And so I do believe that we're going to see a victory for the New Orleans Saints in a tight one, 23-21 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Lincoln Financial Field is a very difficult place to play, but I do like the Saints to come out on top with a victory. Next game, we have um, the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Houston, 1-8. and eight. Tennessee, 8-2. Eight and two. I think we're all uh, pretty, pretty much on the same page as to who's going to win this game. I do have the uh, <clears throat> Houston Texans losing another game, going to 1-9. and nine. Ten- <clears throat> Tennessee has shown a lot, you know, losing their starting running back and pretty much NFL MVP, Derrick Henry. I know that's been tough for them to navigate. And I expect them to come out on top with a victory here. Easy 35-16 to 16 over the Houston Texans. Cincinnati at Las Vegas, 5-4. and four. I do believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to bounce back, get that victory. Um, you know that there's a lot of pressure coming up on Zach Taylor. They're trying to find ways to get that offense going. 
I do believe they'll be able to accomplish that with uh, Jamar Chase, who continues to be a potent offensive player for the Bengals. And then you look at Las Vegas. They've struggled. They've obviously trying to get things going. Vegas is one of those teams that has been up and down. You know, they've had quite a bit of controversy, of course. But nonetheless, there's, there's an opportunity for them to bounce back after an embarrassing performance against the um, Kansas City Chiefs. That's a primetime matchup against their divisional rival. And they were unable to find answers going up against Patrick Mahomes. Now they're going to have to deal with Joe Burrow and a Bengals offense that can turn it on especially with Joe Mixon, who's number six in rushing this season, a guy that is very powerful, especially in the red zone. So the Las Vegas Raiders are certainly going to have their work cut out for him. Derek Carr is going to have to get that passing attack going again. Darren Waller is not nearly involved as much as he really he should be. He should be the focal point of that passing attack. The Raiders have struggled trying to scheme him open, and that has been an issue for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I will say they did sign Deshaun Jackson, the veteran speedster. We know Henry Ruggs, the situation no longer on the team. But you have to use Deshaun Jackson. If you're going to bring him in, utilize his speed. Even though you're not going to throw him down the field, you can open up the middle parts of the field for guys like Waller and Hunter Renfro. And then, of course, sets up that rushing attack with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Now, with all that being said, I'm still going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game 27-24 by a field goal. This is a game that can go either way, but in the end, Trey Hendrickson coming off the edge, who I've had on the podcast for an interview, great player. He got paid by Cincinnati. That investment's looking nice. And then he got um, on the other end coming off um, Sam Hubbard is another guy that can get off the uh, get after the quarterback. Excuse me. And so I like Cincinnati's pass rush going up against Derek Carr, flustering him in the pocket, and that's where Cincinnati can get to 6-4. and four. Now, one of the most, I guess, headline games of week number 11, the Dallas Cowboys, who I'm a fan of, obviously, born in Dallas, big-time Cowboys fan, 7-2, and two, traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I just mentioned them a little while ago. They're coming off a big win, a lot of pundits, a lot of NFL riders, are starting to say, is this Kansas City team, are they finally back on track? Because, you know, Patrick Mahomes has looked a little suspect at times, looked a little bit uncomfortable in the in the pocket, outside the pocket. Those little no-look passes haven't quite worked out for him this season, but he did show up on Monday Night Football and or Sunday Night Football, and that's where the Cowboys have to be careful. You know, Trevon Diggs leads the NFL in interceptions with eight, right? But there's going to have to be some extra focus from that defensive front seven that is missing a lot of key players. You know, Randy Gregory's on IR. You know that Neville Gallimore is still on IR. You know, Demarcus Lawrence is not returning for the Kansas City game. And so they're going to have to rely on guys such as Dorrance Armstrong, who stepped up with the sack this past week. They're going to have to rely on Micah Parsons, putting him in different situations, coming off the edge as an edge rusher, blitzing from that outside linebacker position. They're going to have to fluster Mahomes if they want to be able to limit the damage they do at Arrowhead. And for the Cowboys on offense, you want to continue to go to the ground game. 
Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, make sure that those guys are continuing to get a heavy dose of the football. And of course, it helps when you got a guy like Kellen Moore who's able to scheme up certain plays, creative. They got Michael Gallup back from injured reserve. Now you got Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz over the middle, Cedric Wilson, who was pretty much inactive on Sunday, but he's a guy that can still be a threat. He showed up when Gallup was on IR. So it's going to be a battle between two explosive offenses. And for me, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys here, of course. I'm a little bit biased, right? I'm a Cowboy fan. But I really do believe that Dallas can go up to Arrowhead in that environment and they can get the job done. And controlling the time of possession is going to be a big goal for Mike McCarthy's side. I believe they do. 34-30, give me the Cowboys over the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a good one to watch. About three more games left here as we wrap up the first show here on call. And appreciate all those of you who are tuning in this afternoon, uh, 5.30 p.m. start. I'll be here every week getting some NFL players on in the coming weeks as well. So stay tuned for that. But the uh, Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. This game is going to be in Seattle. Now, Kyler Murray's missed the last two games with an ankle sprain. DeAndre Hopkins has missed the last two games with a hamstring strain. We're not sure about the availability from both of those players. But one thing is certain. I do believe that both of those guys have a good chance to play. And I know that Murray returned to practice. He's feeling good. This is a pivotal game. Seattle especially coming off just an ugly loss in performance against the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson's back in the lineup. They got to find a way to get DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett more involved in that pass game. Going up against an Arizona defense, it's a little bit banged up as well. I expect it to be a tightly contested ball game. And I do have Seattle coming up with that upset victory, 26-23. This is a game for Russell Wilson to bounce back after last week. You know, he had some rust missing those six, seven-plus weeks with that finger injury. Look for him to have a bounce back, big performance. And Seattle's defense is also going to have to come with it, especially with Kyler Murray potentially returning. Okay, so now the Sunday night football game here, Pittsburgh, five, three and one against the Los Angeles Chargers, five and four. This should be a pretty intriguing matchup. Now, it is worth mentioning, right, that there is a COVID-19 COVID situation to monitor right now for Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger and Minka Fitzpatrick. They're on the COVID list. And for the Chargers, Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery were placed on that COVID list on Tuesday afternoon. So we're going to have to monitor that situation. If Big Ben is not cleared, we'll see Mason Rudolph get the start. And then for the defense of the Chargers, who are ranked dead last against the run, they're going to have to find solutions for Najee Harris because he's just starting to get going. The electric first-round running back. Bottom line, I like the Chargers' chances to win this game. They're going to be at home. SoFi Stadium, Justin Herbert has looked sharp. Pittsburgh secondary has been up and down. Joe Hayden, I know, has been banged up. But I like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the outside, Austin Eckler getting involved as well. Give me the Chargers in a shootout, 31-27 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And finally, um, the last game of Week 11, right? The Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The G-Men coming off a bye week, they're 3-6. and six. Trying to stay in that wild card picture. They need a, a victory desperately. 
Meanwhile, while the defending champs are coming off a pretty humiliating loss to the Washington football team, they're going to be back at home at Raymond James Stadium. You know that Tom Brady probably hit the film the, the minute he got back on that team chartered plane back home. I expect them to bounce back against a Giants team that has shown flashes of, of, of good, solid play with Daniel Jones. But Saquon Barkley um, could be back for the Giants for Monday Night Football. He's been out with that high ankle sprain. That would obviously be a boost for the Giants offense. But for me, when it comes to really putting together a consistent game plan and one that can really hang with the Buccaneers' explosive offense, because you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, we're not sure about Antonio Brown. Gronkowski will probably still be inactive. But I, I can see that Tampa Bay defense coming up strong under Todd, Bowl, Todd Bowles, bringing that blitzing, aggressive look on Daniel Jones, who can be careless with the football at times. Look for Leonard Fournette to pound the rock as well. Get that run game going that will set up that play action. And Tom Brady, we know, loves to thrive on that play action. I have the Bucks taking this game 31-24, to 24, so a little bit closer than others have it. But Tampa Bay will bounce back in a big way and move to 7-3. and three. So there you have it. There's Week 11 slate. Plenty of uh, matchups. A lot of information coming at you here on the Pro Football Chase podcast. I mean, uh, I had a good time. I know this is the first time. We're going to get some more traffic here. But nonetheless, bottom line, you get the point. I love chopping up football, interviewing players. I'll uh, look to have a couple on maybe next week um, and, and give you some insight about what these players go through throughout the course of the week. What are their training regimens? How are they looking at the opposing team on film? All that stuff is something I can provide on this platform. And I'm excited to be here on Colin, guys. So I appreciate you taking the time on this mon- on this Wednesday afternoon. Almost said Monday, Thanksgiving week coming up next Thursday. And so I'll be here on the mic Wednesday afternoon, 530 to 6. You know where to find me. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of the night. Signing off till next week. Blessings.